welcome to the Meditate on Christ podcast. Uh, today, I've got a special guest who knows what it's like to go through troubles, uh, both on a personal level, and I'm sure he's seen many people in his day in his ministry. Jeff Heth was my pastor for, well, I don't know, maybe a dozen years. He's a, a rigorous theologian, and I mean that in a good way. He's been a pastor for 25 years. Uh, last I talked to him, he was working on his doctorate of ministry. Maybe we'll catch up on that here. And Jeff has been there for uh, for me and my wife, Terry, in the tough times. Uh, I remember early on when I was uh, when when I was going through some significant times, I'd come up at the end of the service, you know, come up to the front of the the, the service for prayer, and uh, and sometimes I would just sit there and weep. And uh, I remember specifically one time Jeff coming over and just just praying with me, and I didn't even have anything to say. I couldn't even say why I was there. And he just, you know, he'd just sit with me for a while and pray. And uh, and so that's that's the kind of guy Jeff is. And so thanks uh, thanks so much for uh, coming on the show today, Jeff. I really appreciate you being here. Oh, I'm happy to be here, Dean. And uh, you are super gracious. I mean, it was fun to have you as part of the congregation and good to get to know you as a friend. Yeah, it was. Uh, those were good times. I, I really look back on those times as uh, with fond memories. Uh, and uh, so, yeah, I'm glad we can connect and talk about these things. You have, um, you know, obviously I know like all churches are going digital, going online and, and all this sort of thing right now to deal with this you know, particular time of crisis. But this is not the only time we've gone through things. And, uh, and I wanted to just talk to you. I wanted to get you on the phone today and just talk about how you personally handle times of crisis in your personal life, whether they're, you know, little things or big things or whatever, because um, I know from, you know, over the years, you've gone through a variety of things. And um, sometimes just hearing those stories of coming through the other side is uh, encouraging uh, for people. And, and uh, so I wanted to talk about some of those. Um, what, uh, but, but before we get into that, I just wanted to say, like, um, maybe we should start with kind of your background. Where, where, where do you come from? Um, how did you uh, get into becoming a pastor even? Like what was your uh, spiritual life back when you were growing up? Where, where, did, where did kind of God start for you? Yeah, and God starts for me, like really right from the beginning. I grew up in a Christian home, uh, had great parents uh, that guided me, uh, took me to church. And so I, uh, you know, turned my life over to Jesus uh, at a really young age, four years of age, and uh, just went really on a journey over the next few years of uh, making it my own. And that would have happened probably a crisis of faith going through when I was 18 years of age, just wondering uh, whether I was a follower of Christ just because my parents were, or whether I actually believed this. And so walking through that uh, really was it was at the, at the fore, an intellectual journey for me uh, to study and to see what truth looked like. And uh, as I did that, I became uh, more and more convinced that Jesus Christ uh, came back from the dead 
and that uh, changed human history and it should change my life as well. And uh, so just giving myself to that completely at 18, uh, it wasn't but a year after that where God changed the direction of my life to, from becoming a chartered accountant uh, to moving into the pastoral ministry. And really, that's where I have been headed for, you know, the last, I guess it's been 30 years now uh, of pursuing education and following after God's call in that way. That's interesting. Was there a moment where you like, tell me a bit about that shift? How did you shift from becoming going going for being a chartered accountant to becoming a pastor? Yeah. And it's, I mean, for me, it was a moment. It was, you know, what we might call a crisis moment. Uh, for every, not for everyone, it's not going to be like that exactly. But I remember sitting in a class and I was, I had played volleyball on, uh, you know, on a nationally ranked team, uh, my freshman year. And, uh, I was just sitting there and I was, talking to God and I just was restless. And I said, God, like, I don't know if you want me to play volleyball again this year. That took so much of my time. Do you want me to do that? And he, uh, in that class at that moment, uh, it wasn't an out loud voice, but it was a prompting say, no, I don't want you to play volleyball this year. I want you to focus on getting to know me. And at the same time, just out of nowhere, uh, I, I just felt God's prompting just to say, yeah, and you're, I want you to pursue being a pastor for the rest of your life. And so I just said yes at that point. So I was, it was, uh, it was an amazing point at that moment. And like I said, a crisis moment. And that's really been my focus ever since then for 30 years. Wow, that's that's really interesting. So um, I I know I went through the hearing God course with you, and uh, and we we could talk a little bit about that. But um, I'm just interested in do you did that moment that uh, kind of hearing from God like that in that moment did that happen? often with, uh, you know, in your experience, is that, uh, you know, at that time in your life, is that kind of a normal thing for you? Or was that kind of out of the blue? No, that was really out of the blue. Like, uh, it, and yeah, we can talk about this as well, learning how to hear the voice of God. I would say I didn't anticipate hearing the voice of God until 40 years of age. Like I went through all my theological education, I went through, you know, 10 years of post-secondary education and theological training. And nobody ever taught me to hear the voice of God. Like, how do you hear? I, people told me I needed to pray. I read the prayers in the scriptures. I read these sorts of things. But at the same time, I knew innately that God does speak and he's going to guide and direct. But I didn't have any real good instruction in that. And that's what I love about what you do, Dean, is, you know, you instruct and you do great things on this to help people step by step learn. But I didn't have that at the time, but I still knew that God spoke and guided and directed. And I just kind of chalked this moment up as really unique as it was, because I can remember maybe four or five times that this has happened in my life in, you know, 48 years. But uh, God guided me at this particular moment, at this particular time, in this particular way, in this unique way. 
that's uh, I really appreciate you sharing that because um, that is definitely something uh, you know that I've experienced. But again, it's not you know it's not a day to day sort of thing or anything like that. And uh, it is really um, useful for people to even know that that's out there, that that's even a possibility or, you know, and sometimes maybe even look back on something and realize, oh, that's what was going on. And you might not even have been aware um, that God was speaking or that you were even hearing the voice of God. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, listen, uh, I want to talk a little bit about some of those tough times. Um, and again, not to, you know, kind of dredge up the past or, you know, make this uh, all about, you know, drama or something like that. We're already dealing with enough of that in the media. But at the same time, I want to hear about, you know, how God's brought you through um, times and, and what specifically, you know, you did in tough times to to manage to manage the anxiety the fear and whatnot so um you know i uh, what immediately comes to mind when i when i talk to you about you know tough times Mm -hmm. yeah it was about probably uh boy 15 years ago now that i walked through cancer Uh, i had thyroid cancer at 33 years of age um diagnosed just out of a checkup, I went to a checkup, the doctor, you know, feels your neck. I didn't know why he did that. Well, I do now because he's checking for lumps. And uh, I actually, when the doctor said, hey, you have a lump on your uh, neck there, you should probably get it checked out. It's probably nothing. And so both my wife and I just thought, hey, it's probably nothing. Let's just go get it checked out. So went and got it checked out. And I remember being in the doctor's office uh, and him telling me that I had papillary carcinoma. And uh, I, I asked him what three times because what he was saying just wasn't computing in my head. And uh, the third time I got it, I did hear him say uh, before my brain got all scrambled that it was curable, not just treatable, curable. But uh, I went home after that and I was just, yeah, shock. And so was my wife. And then after the shock came the sadness and the fear. And uh, that was one of the big things, the uh, the big trials that I walked through in my life that pulled me towards God for sure. Yeah, uh, well, of course. Um, So like, tell me about that. What do you mean it pulled you towards God? Because, you know, I guess there's two options sometimes in life. Sometimes we, we get angry with God. And sometimes we lean in or, you know, get closer to God or sometimes it's a combination, I suppose. What did that look like for you? Yeah. So this one here, I mean, God was really gracious uh, to me in this situation. I remember going home and telling my wife and us, you know, the tears flowing there. And then the next day getting up and going to God's word and going to my journal and just started writing down and saying, God, you know what? I'm uh, I'm afraid uh, here. And, uh, you know, he, he just dropped a scripture, uh, into my mind that I hadn't been thinking about much before, but, uh, I think it's Job 13, 15, which says, though he slay me yet, will I trust him? And, uh, I just got the sense in that moment, as I was writing in my journal that, you know, God said, I'm going to walk you through this. You just have to put your trust in me. And so there was a real peace at that moment. Uh, that came over me in the midst of, uh, you know, this, this fear. 
Now that was challenged uh, later on as we walked through other issues, but at that moment, uh, that's how God met me there. Yeah, that's very interesting. I've had similar moments, but tell me about the journaling. That sounds like something you had been doing already, or was that spontaneous? What uh, was that uh, pre-existing, I guess, kind of a habit? Yeah, it it was pre-existing. Uh, this is uh, like when I had this uh, uh, crisis moment in college where um, God said, I want you to become a pastor. That really motivated me to, and I made that decision also not to play volleyball that year to say, God, okay, I'm going to spend, you know, really an hour with you every day. And I was really super regimented at the beginning. I would read scripture for 15 minutes and then I would pray for 15 minutes and then I would journal for 15 minutes and then I would try to memorize for 15 minutes and then I would go to breakfast. So I, I would get up pretty early in the morning. I've been always been an early riser and I just would put that time in there at the beginning. And that's where I like I wasn't a journaler before. I didn't particularly enjoy it, but I just heard that this is what people did. And uh, so I just started journaling and just writing down. I would write a single page in that 15 minutes in my journal as a letter to God. And that's really been uh, something that has uh, carried me through in the last 30 years here. And so I would say I'm not a natural journaler. I'm just a learned journaler. That's really good. And so um, where did, did you just, you just had the idea that you should journal and you started writing a letter to God. What does that mean even? Yeah. And really it's, that's what it's continued to this day. Like there's been some shifting, but for the most part, it's, I, I wake up in the morning. Now I grab my journal and the first thing I write is dear Lord. And then I write the date and then, um, I just start writing down what I've been thinking or what God pointed to my attention, uh, in his scriptures or if I'm afraid, or if I need wisdom, or whatever it is, I just start writing a letter to God. And almost always I get to the end, and I'm just like, I love you, Father. Thank you so much, my King, whatever it is. And I just, you know, a, uh, just sign off uh, and sign it off like I would a letter. Yes, I love that. Is that a, um, a a practice that you feel has been worth the time you've put into that? Oh, 100%. Because um, just writing down your thoughts and writing down, and particularly like I mentioned to you at 40 years of age, I learned how to hear the voice of God uh, a little bit. You know, I, I, I got taught, let's say, in a way like that, where... You're, you write down a question and then you just wait for God to speak. And oftentimes he'll, you know, give you a word, a picture, a verse, or a thought. And particularly if you're engaging in God's word at the time, he's going to use his word uh, to speak to you in that way. And so to be able to write down my question and then just give me space to think, to be quiet, to, you know, meditate, to whatever, and then just start to write things if they come to mind, as they come to mind, down on the paper. It just helps. It just helps you to realize, yeah, that God is speaking. He is moving. He is guiding. 
So that's been very, very helpful for me in that way. Yeah, for sure. Totally. Um, are you, uh, maybe I just want to get back to the, the cancer thing though. Mm. So that was the moment that was a moment in, in that journey. Um, was there other, um, I guess what I'd call spiritual disciplines or other practices that, that were helpful to get through that? Oh yeah, for sure. And, uh, it's hard to narrow down just one. But uh, like, obviously, the personal disciplines of reading God's word, having that input uh, regularly, even honestly, when I didn't feel like it, like there, there were times when I was going through this and the resultant treatments and situations like that, where I had fear about my health and fear about the things that I was going through. And I didn't want to read scripture. I didn't want to journal. In fact, you could see my journal for about probably six or eight months is, God, I'm afraid you need to help me through this. And really, that's basically what I've been writing every other day. And yet just uh, trusting that what it says in James, if you draw near to God, he will draw near to you, um, that that's true. And uh, even though I wasn't feeling it at the time, I just kept going back to the scriptures and saying, God, I trust you. I love you. And even though I'm not feeling it right now, I'm going to come alongside and continue to do that. And so the personal disciplines that I engage in uh, pretty regularly were great. But honestly, Dean, the things when God wasn't speaking to me uh, like I felt like I needed, what really uh, was amazing was just the discipline of meeting with my small group. And I was the leader of the small group. And every time we would go to the small group at this time, I would say to my wife, Janelle, I, I don't want to do this. <laughs> I, yeah. don't, I don't want to come to the small group and say, this week has been just as bad as my last week. And I don't want to lead these people in these things right now. But I would get into the group, we'd sit down, we'd start to pray together. They'd ask me, how are you doing? And I would say, again, terrible. And they would say, let me pray. And uh, I would always come away from those meetings and say, thank you, God, uh, for how you showed up through other people in this. So in those darker times, uh, being with other followers of Christ who just love you, uh, was amazing. And God spoke through them. Yeah, that is so important. Uh, just having a group of people around you, um, who can be, you know, uh, a vessel be, you know, Christ to you when you can't be there for yourself, like be with God. And, uh, yeah, no, that's really important. Um, would you say that um now nah, i don't want to <laughs> i don't want to lead you into anything um uh, but <laughs> i'm um you know like I, there's definitely times in my life um and probably more often than i'd like to admit where you know you 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 go through the motions you're reading your bible you're you're writing you're journaling you know prayer all this stuff and it just feels dead mm -hmm. um is that would that be true of you as well yeah, that description where I where I was in the middle of my, you know, just a season of fear, uh, I would have felt that deadness there. And then um, 
you know, just wanting God to show up in that way. And I've had other seasons, uh, months sometimes where it just felt like, you know, God wasn't saying anything to me. And, uh, I, you know, just walking through those times and trying to remain uh, disciplined. Sometimes that word gets a bad rap, but where I'm continuing to try to draw close to God uh, in the way that I know how and uh, being open to him, guiding and directing me in different ways. But uh, just continuing to read through his word has been very important. And at the time, it like in the moment, like when I was in cancer, walking through cancer treatments, it I I couldn't see what God was doing. I knew he was doing something, but I didn't know what. But now that I'm 15 years, you know, beyond my treatments, I can look back and I can say, uh, yeah, God met me during that time. And I've often told people, I wouldn't wish it on anybody, but I wouldn't change it for the world because of how he transformed me as a follower of him, as a father, as a, a husband, as a son he transformed me. But I couldn't see that in the midst of that. And that's the same as when you're going through your 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 dry times or dark night of the soul, whatever uh, you know verbiage you want to use. God is transforming you. You just can't see it until you get out the other side and have some perspective on it. And that might be yours. In fact, we won't uh, understand that fully until we get uh, into heaven, but just to trust that it's there. That's the important thing, is to trust that God is speaking, moving, changing, even when I don't see it or feel it. Yeah, that's, I'm really glad you said that because, you know, you go through those times and uh, you're you're exactly right. You you can't see it. Uh, maybe sometimes you have a sense of it. Maybe Maybe you just have, you know, trust or faith that somehow this is going to work out but boy sometimes yeah it feels distant it feels empty and uh you know i've always found that eventually that ends you know eventually that season passes and the new season comes maybe that you know is a spring you know sort of a season winter passes and spring yeah. comes again totally yeah the seasons that's such a great uh analogy there that's so true yeah yeah, and it feels like that's just, uh, you know, actually kind of a normal part of life too, but um, we don't like to admit it. We like to think that everything's just an upward trajectory and we're all getting better. <laughs> but That's right. Yeah, no, sometimes we fall down and sometimes life knocks us down and stuff. So um, for sure. Let's let's just move on. I wanted to talk about Janelle. She's a wonderful person. Um, she led worship for many years in our church, and and uh, and so I got to know her through various things. But she had some challenges too, and I, I wanted to ask you about that for you. We won't get into her, you know, life too much. But what was that like for you as a husband? You know, as a leader. You know, when your wife is going through all kinds of challenges as well yeah so janelle i uh, went through uh like a lyme's disease diagnosis uh more recently here so three years ago and uh, i i it was a crisis for her akin to my crisis of cancer that happened 15 years ago and 
when you're going through an illness like cancer or whatever, in a lot of ways, it feels like you're the one that can battle this and your spouse or those people close to you. I mean, they can pray, they can encourage, but it doesn't feel like they can do too much. And so for Janelle to walk through her health difficulties and for me to be on the other side, there's a there's a difficulty to that where you're interceding, but you can't fight the battle for them, you know? And uh, so that was a that was another side of it that you know God once again graciously uh, showed us uh, many things as we came to Him and we drew near to Him uh, together. And I did this individually, just interceding on behalf of my wife. So, it, what kinds of things like how does what we're talking about with your own kind of spiritual habits? How does that interface with? You know, someone you love very much going through something um, like, can you tell me like what was there anything that really stood out to help you? Because because it is, I'm sure, a drain, a, a challenge for you as well. What can you put your finger on anything that really helped you with her or a moment where she turned to you and 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 pointed something out to you that maybe you didn't notice was helping. Yeah, I think that, uh, you know, at times when you're going through difficulties, like my wife did, there are times where you wonder whether God is there. And, uh, you know, because she was struggling uh, so hard and we actually had one day, it was our, uh, it was our 20, I think our 25th anniversary day that we ended up in the emergency room uh three times in like a 28 hour period and uh you know just at the end of that janelle was so tired so beat down so discouraged she's just like where is god in the midst of this and just for me to be able to you know share out of what god was saying to me uh sensitively obviously but just say yeah i know god is here it doesn't feel like it but here's what he said to me today. Here's where he guided my you know, heart today. Here's where, here's what I read in scripture. And uh, that, yeah, that becomes an important part of the journey to know that God is with you, even in the midst of that. And um, yeah, he is the one who is with us in our time of need, in our time of struggle. Yeah, exactly. I I think that's, that's been something that's really um, been motivating for me, uh, helpful for me, uh, uplifting. I don't know how to even say it, but just knowing that God is present has been such an important thing for me in my life. Um, and and then and then how we each kind of bring God's presence. We kind of reflect His glory in a sense. You know, we can we can. We can be Christ's hands and feet to each other, and that's uh, that's a beautiful thing. Mm -hmm. What um, what I mean, just recently I was checking uh, your your church's website and everything to uh, you know see what uh, you know your your kind of bio is and everything on there, and I I saw the video about. Uh, you know how your church is adapting to things and and all that and and I'd heard from my my wife she keeps up on social media about things and and uh Hallie was uh 
was away your 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 daughter and she's home now i take it how was that what was that like for you guys yeah so she was uh down at uh a ywam in uh, the sunshine coast in australia and so when uh they were calling for canadians to come home uh we said hey let's uh get hallie home here and uh a couple of her flights that we had booked and adjusted uh, got canceled and uh, that we finally got one that was on April 1st. And we thought, oh, what's the likelihood of that one coming? And I would have put it at like less than 10%. I would figure all the flights would be done by then. And uh, so, I mean, that just set us to prayer. And uh, we have people that pray for us and intercede for us. So we just had people praying for that. And uh, there was a peace in the midst of that. And she felt that, and we felt that. God, if you want Hallie to come home and to be here with us, we would love that. That'd be a great gift. But if you have something for her there uh, in Australia, and she's not able to get home in this time and for a few months, for sure, uh, we'll trust you for that. And I think that is the, that's a life that uh, is cultivated on the confidence of God. And that comes from closeness. And that peace comes in the midst of, you know, God, whatever you do, uh, we believe that you have the best for us in mind, even if it is suffering, even if it is difficult, even if it is uh, separation or isolation. And um, so there was a peace to that. Now, she made it back here last Wednesday, and uh, we are praising God for that. It's really pretty miraculous. Uh, so many flight changes and switches in the midst of that, but she got here, and now she's in isolation for you know 14 days. But she's here with us, and we are praising God for that. And she can just point to miracle after miracle after miracle where God just uh, showed her the way here. So it is. It's challenging uh, to rely upon God, but in the peace, he's going to show his way. And it's easy for you to see that when you're relying on him. Yeah, I just want to point out the uh, the thread that's actually kind of woven through this, you know, the, the progress, I suppose. Um, I was thinking before we talked about um, early on in my um, kind of spiritual development, um, uh, I, I was, I was uh, introduced to a book. Actually, I think it was through a class that I was taking in, in uh, Bible college. And, and the, the topic that I was reading about was what does a mature Christian look like? And up to that point, I actually hadn't thought about that. I, I suppose I just assumed that maybe when you were mature and and everything, then then everything would be fine. That that maybe maturity was, I don't know, some version of perfection, or you know, you wouldn't sin anymore. There wouldn't be any problems. <laughs> would, you know, I don't know. I don't. Yeah. Maybe that's a comic book or a, you know, a cartoon sort of picture of a perfect Christian. But they pointed out that a mature Christian would probably struggle more with, uh, you know, like struggle meaning meaning wrestle more with with items of faith would would really um, feel things more deeply would would yet still give over to God rather than you know fighting with God but give in to God and and really follow God through anything follow God through 
whatever God had planned and, and wherever uh, that mature person would be led. And it's interesting that even in what you were talking about, you know, you know, 15 years ago with the cancer thing, you're saying, you know, you you just were totally blown away. And of course, you know, I, um, I went through similar things in my life around those times. And and yeah, you're totally blown away. And it's it's almost as though now you have a lot more of, if that is Job 13, 15, you know, though he slay me yet, I will trust him. That's almost yeah. built more into your into your soul now. Right. Yeah. And that's that's a powerful place to live from because you can't get knocked off your feet as easily. You know, like I I, mean, I can't I'm not going to say you can't get knocked off your feet because that is always a possibility. But uh, it's it's I think it's easier to get up again, too, when you are accepting that I don't understand what's going on here, but I know God has a plan somehow he's going to be faithful in this. Uh, that's that's how I have uh, begun to see things and, and, and you know, try to live uh, in that way. For sure. Yeah, and there's a peace and a contentment that come from those things. And that's what we are, you know, that's what we are hoping for. That's what we're desiring for is that sort of peace in the midst of the storm. Uh, you know, and just preached on uh, Mark chapter 6 here where the disciples are in the middle of the storm and Jesus comes walking out on the water. And essentially, uh, you know, the, he says, I am. Don't be afraid. I am. And uh, that's the call for us is to know the I am so well that whatever happens, that we can, we can not be afraid. We can be founded in him. Yeah, for sure. Can you give me an example of something like that happening? Another storm maybe that you've been through where you had had to make that shift, that change of perspective? Yeah, like I think that, eh, boy, I, I mean, about five years ago, um, I was uh, just walking through uh, just a real dry time in my life. And uh, spiritually, I was, it wasn't frustrating. It wasn't anything like that, but just, um, yeah, it just didn't seem like God was speaking to me. And I tried all sorts of things to kickstart my spiritual life, but there was just a dryness to it. And um, I wasn't anxious about it. I knew God was doing something. I didn't know exactly what. Uh, but I just had to continue to walk the pathway and just talk with people, understand uh, what he had for me, read his word, continue to journal, uh, do those sorts of things. And uh, actually, I got right at that time, got introduced to uh, your you know, meditate on Christ, uh, you know, uh, program there. You came up, you said you were doing this thing and you asked if I'd try it out. And you know what? God met me in those times there. It wasn't in a flashy way. It wasn't in like, a, you know, let's say a, in a moment transforming, but it was just like, I'm here. I'm with you. I'm walking with you through this dry spell. Just focus on me. And so there was a contentment and a joy that came in the midst of this dryness there, just an overarching peace. 
And so that's not like a real crisis. Like I didn't get diagnosed with cancer or wasn't in a car accident or anything like that, but God's peace was there. Wow. Yeah. Well, thank you. I appreciate you mentioning that. Um, what uh, you mentioned, uh, you know, things that you were trying to do to kickstart your spiritual life. Does Do you remember what those things were? Have they worked in the past? Um, or Or was that maybe just a throwaway comment? I don't know. Yeah, you know, I mean, you uh, for at that point, you know, I tried, I tried it. You know, you try doubling down. I, you try reading more scripture. You try, you know, just meditating on pieces of scripture. Uh, you try journaling a little more, journaling a little less. You try praying a little more, talking to people. You know, um, different disciplines and different engagement and. So really, it's just trying all the things that you've done before. Now, really, at that point, the point I was speaking about there in dryness, I felt like God was really directing me to experience his, um, his uh, you know, unending love, where for me, I understand God more as my king. And so if, I, if my king says something, I do it. Uh, it's been a little bit more of a journey for me to understand God as my loving heavenly father. And so just to be motivated by his presence and by his love hasn't, hasn't come to me as easy as, okay, the Bible says it, I need to do it. I need to engage in this. So discipline is easy for me, but to experience God's love and just his, you know, his face of joy upon me is something that I needed to experience more. And uh, so doubling down on discipline <laughs> isn't the right way to experience his, you know, his unending love. Uh, and so what God was saying to me is, you know what? I just want you to spend time with me. I just want you to waste time with me. And I'm like, a part of me is like, God, no, I don't want to waste time with you. I want to accomplish. I want to make sure I'm, you know, staying disciplined on track with what you call me to do. He's like, no. I just want you to be quiet in my presence. I don't need you to journal today. I don't need you to read the scripture today. I just need you to enjoy me today. Just listen to a song. Just, you know, think about the things that I've told you in the past. Just recount the times where I've come and I've shown you my love or you've just had, the, you know, a special feeling out in nature or whatever. These sorts of things that didn't really resonate with me as much before, but at this time, when I was trying to experience God's love, he just brought these things back to me. And I remember one time just being outside and um, it was like bright, sunny day out. And yet this one cloud came and it was like it like rained on me. And I like I personally, I just love like the sun shower type of thing. And I just felt that was God's gift at that time, showing his love to me. And that was uh, catalytic. Uh, in my understanding of his un unending love, you know, and it wasn't because of my discipline. It was just because of a great gift from him, which is awesome. So, yeah, that was kind of a roundabout way in your question, but hopefully I answered it in there. Yeah, no, actually, I love how you put that. Um, boy, you know, like we work, we want to work so hard, you know, like some, like I, I identify with what you're saying with the, with the discipline almost coming. That's almost easier. I, I can be disciplined. I can check that box and, you know, and then that's, you know, that's good. Um, but 
to, yeah, I love how you said that, waste time with God to just be quiet. And that was so hard for me to do because I felt like, well, I, I could be doing so many other things right now. Like, you know, like there's stuff to do. And, and I feel like, I, you know, especially when there's really tough times, I feel like I need to take action. I need to do something. Right. I need to, you know, um, make some progress on these problems. And yet sure. backing down and just saying, okay, you know what, God, you've got this. It's not me. It's you. And I'll just sit here and wait for you to say something or to do or nothing at all. You know, that was a, that was a huge learning for me, really. And so I, I really... <laughs> I really identify with what you were talking about there. So yeah, man. yeah I sure. appreciate that. Well, hey, um, I, I want to give you an opportunity. How can people, if, if people wanted to contact you, talk to you about things more or just find out more about you, where would you direct them to? Um, how, how should they reach out to you? Yeah, you know what? Probably the uh, the easiest way to get a hold of me is just through our website at the church. So efreelethbridge.ca and then uh, just making their way to my uh, picture on there. And then uh, you can email me in that way. And I'd love to chat with you, connect with you in that way. I am uh, through this time here just learning a little bit more about social media and that. So uh, that's something I got to catch up on. And I got uh, my guys here who are teaching me and prompting me in that way. But uh, I guess I'm still, feels weird to say, but I'm pretty old school in the email way there, Dean. I don't yeah. know if that's a bad person or not. So No, that's fair. That's fair enough. Um, <laughs> is there anything that through what we've talked about, is there any resources, books, sermons, anything that you would recommend to people uh, who are maybe struggling going through this time of isolation or uncertainty um, or maybe dealing with other things in their life at the same time. Is there anything that you typically recommend um, mm -hmm. for people? Yeah, you know, I, I, a guy I really love because of the practical nature of it is John Ortberg. And he has a book and it's just going to slip my mind uh, right now about uh, the spiritual disciplines where he takes what Dallas Willard does. And I mean, Dallas Willard is a genius. So if you can read Dallas Willard, he's he, he's like a UCLA prof or was. Uh, he's passed away. But if you can read Dallas Willard and get through that, go there. But if you uh, like it a little bit more uh, simple uh, and, uh, you know, sort of laid out in that way, what John Ortberg writes Oh, the name of the book is going to slip me. It's like The Extraordinary Life or something like that. That's not exactly right. But I would just say, uh, start with John Ortberg. And then what he writes about the community, he writes this book called Everybody's Normal Till You Get to Know Them. It was just such a great book uh, for community and us moving together. My favorite chapter in that book was Confrontation, The Gift Nobody Wants. And uh, just the really... Uh, having people around you that love you enough to confront you in your sin or that you can confess your sin to, both those disciplines of confession and confrontation uh, are so helpful um, in growing my spiritual walk. Another time we can chat about that, Dean, but those two books there by John Ortberg uh, would be great places for people to start. Oh, that's perfect. 
Well, thank you so much. Appreciate that. And I really appreciate you taking the time out. I know it's just so busy for, for you, uh, for people going online like this. And, and so I really appreciate you talking today. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for having me, Dean. I've, I've enjoyed it a lot.